welcome to the Owl's Nest. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined with me as always is Quentin Denny. What's going on? Connor Cude. What's up, boys? And Nathan Price. Present. How you guys doing? Really, really good. Connor's tired, and he's I'm been so a little tired. angry at us. <laughs> it's because it's hot, I'm tired, and I want to go home. But we came off a win tonight, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording this as of August 11th. Can you believe that? It's already August 11th. Yep, time flies. So, yeah, we're two-thirds of the way through the season. And, I mean, well, we got a month left. A month from... Four days ago. Basically two days ago. The ninth? Seventh. Okay, seventh. Math. Yeah, excluding the playoffs. We got yeah. a month left in the season. Still got about, I think it's, what, 20 games left? Yeah. Do we still have playoff hopes? Anyone? What? Yes, we do. We do? We're only four games back from second place. Oh, well. From first place, but we just need to be in second place to get a, a playoff spot. Well, that's also dependent on if Ogden's in first place. Ogden's going to be in first place. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that later in the show. I'm tired of the Ogden fanboy segment on the show. <laughs> the Dodger fanboy. Oh, we're getting into the Ogden fanboy segment? I thought that was after this. <laughs> no, we got a good show lined up for today. We've got an update little recap of the All-Star break, and specifically, I can't speak today, about Jeremiah Jackson and Deshaun Knowles, the two Owls who represented us, and were able to play in the game. And we'll finish up, or carry on with some Owls news, and talk about game of the week, and how the team's doing, and we'll go to around the league, and then after that, a former Owls update. After that, we'll take a quick break. Sadly, no interview this week. Oh. But we got some good ones, hopefully, lined up for these next no, couple we weeks. We do have some good ones lined we up. We do have some good ones, some special ones. Don't even. you worry, Skylar. Sorry. I will get those. Don't you worry. You don't worry. I will not. Connor is our booking person. Guess and then after that, we'll have some fun at the back half of the show with a trivia extravaganza, as I like to call it, a little competition between the three of you, as I will be reading off questions. So. Pretty fun show. I will bet all of you right now that I'm going to lose. I, I will bet also that Connor will lose. <laughs> Anyone else want to take that action? No? Okay. Yeah, we'll nope. see. I can okay. rig it. <laughs> I can rig it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, All-Star Game. What a date do we have on the All-Star Game? So, going into the All-Star Weekend, like we said, Jeremiah Jackson and Deshaun Knowles were the two representatives for us, the Ormals. And just going into it, it's the Pioneer League, which comprises of our eight teams, going against the Northwest League, which is a short-season A team, which is basically the same thing as ours. This is our league, a rookie league. But Are they, are they all short-season? There's no, there's no full-season teams on there? Mm-mm. Those are all short-season oh, okay. A teams is what it's called. So here's the thing that I don't understand, and I talked to some of the play-by-play guys of Colorado in particular, Kyle is his name, about what the difference is because they have both a rookie team in the Pioneer League and a short season A team in the Northwest League. So technically, they had their minor league players playing against each other. So Boise, which is their short season team, and Grand Junction players playing against each other, but they're all under the same minor league system. So it's just like same thing, but just another level where people can play short season baseball after college. And because Grand Junction, the Rockies, they don't have an Arizona league at all. So 
the Grand Junction Rockies are basically that very first step, or some other guys, some other teams will have that Arizona League. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, complicated. to be fair, it just depends on like the affiliation and and the system that they want to put together, like the organization themselves. Because for a, a little bit there, I thought that Burlington in our system was a short season team as well, because it's it's considered low single A ball, and then we have our high single A ball up in uh, inland or over in inland Empire, um, San Bernardino, I believe yeah, that's where that is. Exactly, but so <laughs> our native California is saying otherwise. It's San Bernardino. But I mean, I I was just disapproving of the place. Oh okay, yeah, it's not oh. it's not a great oh. place. <laughs> I thought we had a correction. Yeah, okay. sorry, sorry to San Bernardino. Nathan's not a fan. But I thought Burlington was also short season for a little bit, but they're they're full season. So I think it just depends on the organization and what they want to do with their affiliates. Exactly. But going into the All Star Game, now that we've moved on, the difference between short season A ball and rookie se- short season ball. The more you know. Yeah, the more you know now. <laughs> so we had. Two of our guys, Jeremiah Jackson and Deshaun Knowles, competing. Um, JJ started the game at DH, which is expected. I don't think anyone here thought any difference. Uh, was it Andy Pajes? Who's Pajes? Or is it uh, Diaz? Who played shortstop for us, Nathan? Piguero. Uh Yeah, Piguero. Piguero. Okay, not in, our, not in our division. Never heard that name before. But Jeremiah Jackson, he went one for five, had a home run which was a grand slam, which ultimately gave him the MVP honors. I mean, you hit a home run in an all-star game while also having three guys on base, you're probably guaranteed to get the, the MVP. Grand salami. Yeah. But Deshaun Knowles came in as a off-the-bench option for the Pioneer League, and talking to him after he got home from that trip, uh, said that he came in in the sixth inning, and the first guy that he saw threw 97. So imagine sitting on your couch basically getting up and having to face 97 which it's not easy skyler could do it please no i could face <laughs> it i just wouldn't swing the bat <laughs> <laughs> hope for that walk skyler is if you've ever seen the bench warmer skyler is definitely all of them that first game back of the corner hunched in which i think i'd be doing the same thing trying to avoid the ball as much as i could Hey, but Rob Schneider and that was hitting bombs, so... By the end of it. One out of three. No, he was right from the beginning. Okay. I know my movies. That'll be another segment. We'll talk about baseball movies. <laughs> so moving on from days. the Benchwarmer segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely talking to both JJ and Deshaun. They have a ton of fun. The All-Star Game, it's a great honor for them. And we're definitely happy to have them. Hopefully we can need to see them grow and keep putting up those All-Star type numbers in the years to come and these other leagues mm-hmm. we'll see uh as it stands right now i don't think any of us or if you talk to anyone around the organization who is affiliated with the angels not the owls they'll say both these guys will probably be here till the end of the season just because of solely how young they are they're producing yes they've got good skills and good talent but both these guys based on age and things that they still need to improve on will probably be here till the end of the season yeah, but, I mean, you know, you never know with the minor league system because there's been times when guys have gotten called up to single-A ball at the very end of the season when it made absolutely no sense. But you know what? That's what the Angels decided to do, so that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Which you hate to see. You hate to see a guy leave your organization. Like, we hate to see guys leave the team because, one, they're probably because they're doing really good. But then you also have to feel good for them because that's the whole point of minor leagues is to get out of wherever you are as soon as you can. 
So guys like JJ, Deshaun, Will Wilson, basically all these guys, we're just hoping that they get out of here as fast as they can. Exactly. And so definitely congratulations both to Jeremiah Jackson and Deshaun Knowles for making it out to the All-Star game. And so we'll move on to the Ormals news and the game of the week. What do you guys got for game of the week? So game of the week. No, no question what it is today. We've only played four games this week since the last time that we recorded due to the All-Star break, taking up three of those games. But Saturday, August 10th, is what I think my game of the week is. I would agree. Okay, that was good. A, it was a, that was a good feeling. Yeah. The reason why it's the game of the week for me is because it shows, again, Owls pitching in this whole week. Let's just say this whole week, the Owls pitching has been stellar. Like, phenomenal. To the part where we have only given up, what's it been? It's been like seven runs this week that we've given up in four games, which if you've followed the Owls, you know that that happens in one game usually. Yeah, and I mean, the reason I said that was a good feeling was because we had to go to extra innings. There was a couple bad calls on both sides from the umpires. And so because of that, it, it forced us into extra innings. And behind, like Quinn said, behind that amazing pitching that we've just been seeing this as of late, we were able to rally, come back on a walk-off, sacrifice fly from Johan Sala. Will Wilson was able to, to score. And it was just it was awesome to see the guys rally because that's what we've seen is like when, when these guys truly believe in their hitting ability and just get the bat on the ball, they've, they've been able to come back. And that's where they've struggled a lot this season, though, is just being able to come back from deficits. Mm-hmm. And one thing is, we could say this about that game, though. One of the problems, we were up late in that game and should have put it away quicker than we did. But late inning errors were the thing that killed us. Yep. So we went to 10 innings that game. Johan Sala again comes and finishes the game for us, sending someone from second base to home. Um, but it just shows that late inning errors, they kill you. And you can't have those if you want to consistently put together good games. Yeah, and and the thing, I think that what I like to know is that it that error didn't they didn't let those things snowball into ending up in a loss because especially there were some jams there near the end of the game too. I think even in that top of the tenth or yeah, in one of those top of the ninth. No, yeah, they gave throwing that tied up the ball game, but he still they still got out of a jam to keep it tied, and then eventually forces into the 10th where they're able to to put it away. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, Nathan just said, he just told us or put it up on our screen for us, only five earned runs all week. So, I mean, take that and go to the bank with it. That's money right there for everyone. We had guys like Darian Williams who came in through two and a third, I think, two and two-thirds, something like that, and it was scoreless baseball. Um, we had guys like Jacob Voss, who struggled in the past. He came in, did give up a run, but also was able to l- shut them down and not really give up anything hard contact-wise. And so it's things like that where pitchers are coming in, they're throwing strikes. Skyler's talked about this before. First pitch strikes basically lead to a pitcher being able to take advantage of the hitter because that's what you want is to be able to throw your pitch, not whatever it needs to get another strike. Yeah, so kind of along with that, you know, talking about the game of week, kind of transitioning a little bit to talking about that pitching because coming in from the all-star break, we've seen pitching really seem to improve quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've won because all we've had this week was a series against the Missoula Osprey, a four-game set. 
before the Idaho Fall Chuckers come in starting Monday throughout the rest of this homestand. And we definitely saw in that in this series that pitching actually was one of our good strengths. Um, one of the biggest one, like I said, five earned runs this week. That makes a big difference in a team. Mm-hmm. What that does is when you only give up five earned runs, that gives your struggling offense, which we have. We have a struggling offense at the time. Guys like Deshaun Knowles and uh, Will Wilson both hitting below 200. And it's within the last 10 games that they're doing this. And the power isn't just there. And so your pitchers are keeping you in this game. For where you have a situation like today, it's Sunday's game. So Deshaun Knowles hits a triple. And then I think it was Jose Verrier doubles. That's one run right there. And when your pitching is only giving up one to two runs a game, that's keeping you in the game. And it's keeping it so that you're able to compete which in the first half of the season, we didn't have any of that. Our pitching didn't allow our offense to compete. And another thing, too, is they've, from what I've noticed, is they've cut down on walks this week. Mm-hmm. Strikeouts have been higher, and they've had very few walks. I think Stewart Aquino making his debut of the season just the other day against the Osprey in our makeshift doubleheader after we had to play the rained-out suspended game from Thursday, so we had a double header on Friday, and he comes in, starts that second game, goes four and a third innings, only gives up three hits, and one run, it was unearned, and he struck out seven, no walks. Mm-hmm. And I think that game, that was a very close game Yeah, on that one. Really close, and there's another instance. Starting pitcher, kept you in the game, gave you a really good opportunity to win it. Yeah, speaking of those double headers, so we played seven innings both games. We played two innings the day before, got a rain out, so they moved seven innings to the next day and then played another seven innings right after that game. What we saw during that game was that it was maybe some like errors or things like that. It really wasn't the pitchers who were giving up these runs. It was either soft contact or, in one case, a three-run home run by Jerry L., which, I mean, sure, you'll give up a home run, that's just because you missed the ball once. When you're continuously stringing together problems, that's when – you need to worry. Well, if you notice in that game, too, those were the only runs of that game was yep. that home run off of Jerry L. And then after that, it was just goose eggs all across the scoreboard. So, And those were close games. I think the first one well, – correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but it was like 3-1 to one in that first game of the doubleheader and 1-0. to zero. Yep. So it's not like they were blowouts by any means. No. And that's what you thought when you came to these last couple games. We kind of got hope. Those first two, three games where our pitching, we saw what they were doing and saw that they were dominating is what I'll call it. It kind of gives the rest of the team hope. It gave us up here in the booth a little bit more hope too, knowing that, hey, we just need one or two runs. Like we need, give us three runs and we can win this game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When that's all you need, when all you need is three runs. Yeah, you you can get that from a lot of things. So it doesn't take too much. And I think going from game of the week, I don't really have a player of the week. Instead, I'm going to give it to the pitchers. Give like just the staff of the week, basically. Our pitching, our bullpen. That's what I was about to say. Is I, would, I would like to take that a step further. And Yeah, our starters have done amazing. Don't get me wrong. But, man, from what we've been talking about this whole season, our bullpen has just gone leaps and bounds just in the last little bit because we were struggling like crazy from the bullpen before. So I want to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the amazing thing that you can see with baseball and why I love this sport so much is – you can just see things switch on a dime right away and improve drastically. 
you know, because like we were talking about just like last week, even just the struggles. And then this week we see the improvements that they made coming in back in from that break. Because you see guys like Shane Kelso, who continues to just be solid as a rock um, out in the bullpen and coming in late in the game. And he's he's got a 176 ERA in the 15 innings that he's pitched. And he's got 22 Ks. Again, I'm all about making sure you're throwing strikes and not giving up walks. 22 to 9. So our relievers have a 6.47 ERA. So on average in a nine game, if we were to give them nine innings, our relievers would give up six runs. This last week, I'm pretty sure our relievers for earned runs, it was maybe like, what was it? What do we got? 1.02. Yeah, 1.02 is what it is. And that's over nine innings. And it's really guys like Shane Kelso, who he struggled. He struggled in the game that he came in this week. But it was because he just wasn't able to locate the zone like he wanted to. Had a couple of errors in the field. Uh, he did give up one run, but I don't think it was an earned run, was it? I don't believe. I don't believe so. Whatever it was. But even guys who are on the top, they struggled. But then the rest of the bullpen picks him up because of the work that they did. Where the one run that comes across that he was accountable for, it doesn't matter because that only is one run compared to the two that we had given up all game. Yeah, so some major props to the Owls pitching staff just over this past homestand um, against the Missoula Osprey, who are currently leading in their division up in the north, mm-hmm. and a very, a very good team, very tough team, and we're able to split the series with them yeah. and keep very close games. So well done for them. But that kind of brings us on the other tail end of it is offense and kind of the woes that we've been having. Because if you talk to our Play-by-play broadcaster Michael Bruskowski, he's noticed where the Owls kind of have this trend where they'll have a game where they're hitting electric and it's just amazing and they're putting up runs and getting on base. But then you've had games during this homestand where it's completely opposite team where their offense is just going nowhere and they're really struggling. Yeah, I know uh, Tyler Schneider, our stringer, he gave me a, a stat during that doubleheader that was like in the 14 innings total of that doubleheader played 11 of those were three up three down and so i i mean that's that's where we're struggling on offense like we're saying the woes of the offense is that we just have way too many guys just getting up there and just striking out Mm -hmm. yeah the and especially against the missoula osprey who lead the league in strikeouts pitching against the team the owls who lead the league in strikeouts offensively and so that's just kind of a recipe for disaster. And we kind of saw that. We were, there were a lot yeah. of strikeouts for the Owls during this series. So I'm going to say a split series is a win for us. Yeah, that. exactly. And what it does is when you win the last two games of the series, doesn't matter if you won the series or not, you take those on into the next one. You're basically partying in the clubhouse for those two games. And so you come in the next day and you're just feeling good. You're on cloud nine basically. And so what we get to take from this is we beat the best team in the division in the second half right now, and we're going against the worst team in that division for four more games. So what that does is it gives you confidence. Say, hey, these guys, they may strike us out all the time, but it doesn't matter. We put together quality at-bats to be able to get a situational hitting and runs because of that, and we know our pitchers, we trust our pitchers now. Because when your staff doesn't trust your pitchers, they know. Like it's The clubhouse isn't that big, and rumors they get around really quick on a baseball team. So things like when pitchers know that their position players, the catchers, the coaching staff trusts them, 
that's when you get to see a true baseball team go out there and put together really good team wins. And I'm going to say this was probably our best series by far. Agreed. And I, that's what you were basically going off of what you were saying about now going into this against Idaho Falls. I mean, Idaho Falls started out the season at the very beginning just a powerhouse, undefeated mm-hmm. for what was it, like 11, 12 games. And then they squeaked by clinching the playoff spot against Missoula there at the end of the first half. So, I mean, you can see they, they definitely have trailed off here towards this this part of the season and especially now that they're last in the division I mean there's hope there's hope in the clubhouse essentially yeah so since that 12 game win streak that Idaho Falls had I don't think they I think they maybe won eight to ten games since that and so just confidence like that they're three and nine right now or for the second half yeah for the second half they were three and nine I believe is what it is and so you just look at that and you just your eyes kind of get big knowing hey we're playing the worst team we beat the best team. Let's go into this, boys. Let's just have fun. Like that's that's what they're having right now. Is that was fun? Yeah, I think a big thing that we saw during this. Yeah, the, they struggled offensively, but we still were able to squeak out like these two games here at the tail end of the series. And I think a lot of it came from very timely hitting, which in the midst of a team struggling offensively, you really latch on to those clutch hits and those timely hitting with runners in scoring position. Because we saw Johan Sala. Again, these two games that we've won, it was him that kind of helped was the decision maker yeah. with the walk-off hit, the walk-off sack fly on Saturday's Saturday game. night. And then yep. today on Sunday, oh, he, he scored the winning run or he, he hit in the winning, winning run, drove in the winning run. Mm-hmm. And just these timely hits, you know, even then, especially when you're pitching and you have confidence in your pitching that they're doing well, all you need to do as an offense is, hey – I just need to get a timely hit, get a guy on base, or drive in that guy that's on second right now. The biggest difference, I'm going to say, from this week and our last week was I said it last week, that three days off. Where when you're a struggling team, the best thing for you is not having to play baseball. Forget everything about what was happening between the two lines and just like go focus and readjust your mind so that you can come back and be better. Because three days off helps so much where they're not having to worry about throwing, working out, or things like that. A lot of these guys went home to family, got to see them, which they haven't done this year. Or family came out to them. Or family came to them. But it's – I said this was going to be a big difference maker was what's going to happen after the All-Star break. And we're seeing it right now. And hopefully it's a wheel that's just going to keep on tumbling and we can take this somewhere. In the words of Tina Turner, rolling, rolling down a river. There you go. The big wheel keeps on turning. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Uh, to around the league here in the Pioneer League as a whole. A lot of exciting things as we continue to see kind of stands and teams going up against each other. There's been a lot of rain delays uh, so far in the league. A lot of doubleheaders here in this first half of the second heat. First half of the second half. It's <laughs> a weird way to say it, but. Yeah, it's weird. The third quarter of the whole season. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the third, tri- second trimester. <laughs> <laughs> of the, I don't know. Before the league gives birth to a champion. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Connor, can we do that? Yeah, probably. There we go. We can make it happen. Good. But here's where the, the standings are as of August 11th. We've got Billings and Missoula tied atop in the north with eight and five apiece. These are just their second half records. 
Uh, Great Falls is just behind them at two and a half games at five and seven. And then Idaho Falls, like we were talking about, they're at the bottom of their division at five and eight. But they have clinched a spot for the playoffs. And here in the south, Ogden, again, is, finds himself at the top of the division. Boo. With an eight and five record. And they've, as well, have already clinched their spot in the playoffs. So Grand Junction, who currently is in second and holds the playoff spot for the second half, is at seven and five with Rocky Mountain behind them at six and seven. And Orem at four and nine. So as it sits, the Orem Owls were only three and a half games behind Grand Junction of taking over that number two spot, which is ultimately what we're looking for. Just trying to do get, I don't know, something. Because yeah, as it stands, Ogden is in number one. They will probably continue to be in number one, just how things go. Yeah, and we're yeah. I was about to say we're under the assumption that Ogden will just continue to be in first because that's what they've been doing this season. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens here in the South because you got to see what Rocky Mountain really does and what we can do if we can manage to keep it on that roll. We can definitely find ourselves hopefully in that playoff chase, mm-hmm. which comes a lot tighter when it's literally just four, more or less just three teams. Yeah, I, for a I spot. think the someone who we really have to keep an eye on too is the Rockies. I mean, they were kind of a, a slow starter at the very beginning of the season back in June, but now they just seem like they've come into their own and are just playing incredible. Yeah. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens in the standings wise, but kind of looking around the league, what are some things that stick out to you as we've had this first kind of rounded series for the pioneer league? Well, like I was saying, I mean, I mentioned the Rockies again, that you got a guy like Colin Simpson who's just – he's just a monster. I mean, he's an absolute unit. He's a, just a big dude, but he's <laughs> super athletic. And then you have him on August 8th against the Voyagers, going, which are the Pioneer League champions from last year, going two for five with two runs, four RBIs, and a home run in that game. So, I mean, they just – they've got some stellar offense on their team, but Colin Simpson is just definitely a guy that stands out. He stands out because he's like a bowling ball. He's just five <laughs> he stands foot out nine. In all aspects. Five foot nine, two forty is what I'll probably say right there. And can do a standing backflip. Can do a standing backflip. Apparently he's a gymnast too. But the guy he competed in the home run derby for the All Star game, and power. He's he's so fast for how big the guy is for as a unit as Connor would like to call him. Absolutely. He's got units. unit speed. Unit speed is he's what the guy's got. He's got unit size and unit speed. Exactly. But Colin Simpson and the Grand Junction Rockies, as you guys have, as they have pitching and they have hitting, one thing we need to keep track of is how are they doing with that. We only play them two more times. And when you're in a, we'll call it pennant race for the second half champions, basically, you need to be able to play that team so you can get wins against them. Because one game is better than half a game. So that's math for you today. <laughs> yeah, because they got like guys like Amarista who's been pitching well, and a lot of these other guys. I was just going to say, a note on this pennant race is we have to be, when we play Grand Junction, we play Rocky Mountain. We have to be on it because our last week we just play Ogden for a week straight. And so if we want to be in this pennant race, if we want to keep up with what's going on, we need to play well against these two um, other teams in our division. Which is a good point because we play eight straight games, I believe is what it is. Um, something like that. It's we So we play two Oh, it's, it's seven straight games because I remember it's two at home and then three at Ogden and then two back at home okay. for the last two games of the regular season. And those wins, they don't matter because they've already clinched a spot. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, 
Maybe they'll take it easy on us. Who knows? But probably <laughs> not. Probably those rest their starters give us seven free wins. Is, yeah. that, is that what we're hoping for, guys? <laughs> that would be amazing. But exactly. We need to be playing guys like Rocky Mountain and Grand Junction. And unfortunately, we were very front-loaded with playing both those teams. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of work ahead around the league in general, both in the north and the south, just to see how things work out. Because we see even though the Raptors still have their playoff spot, they're not going down easily, and they'll definitely love to kind of spoil people and take them down. Because we see just recently playing against the Chuckers, uh, Lewis on the Raptors went three for three with three runs scored, six RBIs, two walks, three homers. Uh, he needed a grand slam to finish the home run cycle. Jeez. Goodness. But also, I mean, these guys, they're not going to let anyone go down easy. They're not going to rest starters, really, because these are we're the lowest level of minor league, and these guys are still trying to compete for jobs at higher levels. So guys like Ogden, I'll say Idaho Falls too, or basically anyone, they're still tr- no matter how far ahead they are, they're going to continue to compete because numbers get you seen, and when you get seen, you get moved up, and that's the whole point of this game. Exactly, and I'm, and I mean, we can't forget about the game – I think it was just the day before the one you mentioned, Skyler, with the Chuckers again at Ogden. But you have guys like Pajes who have been just stellar the entire season going two for four with one run, three RBIs, and uh, Ching going three for three with one RBI, which might not sound stellar, but if he's going three for three, then he's getting on base and people are bringing him in, which is, I feel like, something that we specifically struggle with is just getting guys on base and then bringing them in. Mm -hmm. You need your table setters. Because we see, just with the Osprey, someone kind of knows was Jose Reyes. Is one of those guys that was kept trying – it just seemed like he was always on, mm-hmm. on base. Him and yeah. Cam Corsi, they were just always on base for the Osprey. And it wasn't that they were just getting these monster hits. It was they were getting hits the way that they know they should be getting yeah. hits. Jose Reyes dropped down some bunts, some bloops, some infield singles. That was consistently what gave us basically runs. Jose Reyes would get to first, steal second, somehow get to third, sack fly, he's home. Yeah. As simple as that. Yeah, so speed is definitely a, a tool for them, and it works for some guys, and that's definitely what you want at the top of the lineup is some speed. We saw that today, too, is uh, Jose Quezada. He hit a, a single, basically, and turned it into a double because of a misplay in center field. That was able to get him advanced. So things like that is what really wins it for us. And that's what's showing that the, the Owls, they're not giving up. They're seeing situations like that that happened multiple times in the last four games. Okay, I got to ask you guys this, though, a little bit off topic since we've been playing them the last four games. Is it Osprey or Osprey? Osprey. Osprey. Nathan, can you confirm? It's pronounced Osprey. Okay, I was just curious. I had no idea. Anyone who came to the games would hear Jack, the PA announcer here, call them the Osprey bugged me so much <laughs> i've never hated a word more in my life i figured out osprey is my new least favorite word jack if you're listening though we love you you're great that's true. He's a good guy he's a good guy but you just don't know how to pronounce osprey <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're moving along from around the league and we've got updates on former alice player connor's Connor, what do you got for us? There's, so, there's only one Connor. <laughs> Connors, what do you here. got? We Connors, brought multiples. Connors are present. So uh, since we're talking about pitching, um, and just like giving all the praise to our bullpen and, and our pitchers in general, I think it'd be great to go over some pitchers, some former Owls pitchers. Um, one who was 
on the Owls at the beginning of the season is now in Burlington. Chad Sykes, in uh, six games and in 10 innings pitched, he has a .9 ERA and a .9 whip with 14 strikeouts That's in just great. 10 innings. So awesome for Chad Sykes. Glad to hear that he's doing great up in Burlington. Hope he continues. The and, thing uh, that I want to like – emphasize on that the 0.9 era is crazy but the thing that i always love to look at with my relief pitchers not like i own any relief pitchers but with relief pitchers in the organization is whip which is walks plus hits per inning pitched 0.9 is like all-star level that's spectacular and in 10 games that's not a small sample size so chad sykes who was here for a good amount of the season too And we saw almost, him get moved up. Half, almost the entire first half. Performed as a late-inning guy, kind of closer type for us. And just good to see that that translate into he's in Burlington, so a pitcher's friendly league, and you get to see more of his stuff showcased. Exactly. And someone I wanted to talk about was an owl from last year, Hector Yan. So he's a starter up in Burlington. He was a starter for us, too. He's a left-handy Left hand, left handy, left-handed pitcher out out of the Dominican, and in 22 games, with in a 94 innings total, he has a 3.24 ERA, and Quinn, you'll love this, a 1.13 WHIP. I love it. It with uh, let's see, how many strikeouts? 132, on the season? 132 strikeouts? strikeouts on the season. So how many innings? In 94.1 innings pitched. That's more Against than one per inning. Yep. 43 walks. Yep. So, I mean, he's doing great, and we saw it last year. I mean, he can just throw gas. Like, from a left-handed pitcher, that's awesome. He was, he was easily thrown in the 90s. So, But, yeah, those are the pitchers I wanted to cover for today, and glad to hear they're doing well up in Burlington. It's always great to see some former Owls doing well. Yeah, and definitely, like, both of those guys, another testament to, like, pound the zone, use your defense, get strikeouts when you can, but also use your defense to help you out. And keep guys off base. So, Speaking of former Owls, though, one that I'd like to highlight, who's a former Owl slash current Owl, Torrey Hunter Jr., who it's a sad circumstance, uh, just here with a rehab, got injured earlier this year. I believe it was a hand? Broken hand. Broken hand. getting hit by like a 97-mile-an-hour yeah. ball. So it's not a thing you like to see, but it's a friendly face that we like to see around the clubhouse, around the offices and stuff like that. Real nice dude. Of course, son of Torrey Hunter the famous baseball player, played with the Angels. So Torrey Hunter Jr. is back with the team, and I believe he will be here for the rest of the Idaho Falls series too is what I've been told. That's what I've heard as well. It'll depend on his rehab, but for the most part, I think it's pretty set. He'll be here through the Idaho Falls series. And, yeah, he was a, an owl back in 2017 on that team with guys like Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, some of those big names that we've been talking about lately. And so it's been awesome to – See him back in the clubhouse, like Quinn was saying, and um, yeah, he's just a, a nice dude all around. That's all anyone can say about him. So we'll have to see if we can get him on the podcast. Yep. Yeah. TBD. That might that spoiler alert. That might be one of the interviews that we have. That might be one up. of the special ones. That's Connor's role, though. Yeah. Yeah, and like no just, pressure. <laughs> and just in this first game that we saw him in today, he went one for two, had an RBI, which was a, del- a double for his hit, and just went one for two until Jose Quezada came and subbed in for him. Who then one thing, also followed with yeah. Double. So one thing he did go from second to third on was it a pass ball? What was it was something where he had third to, to home, third to home. Yes, third to home on a sliding play. So there are multiple times where you have to slide head first, and when you do that, you really have to trust your hands are gonna do what they want to do because you're sliding with your hands first. And so he no problems it looked like. So he played his two at bats and then sat down, which was what we thought was gonna happen. 
Yeah. yeah. Seems play. like that's happened with most rehab assignments. They play about five innings, and then they go take a break. Get them really back into baseball play. shape. Really good play out in center field when they gun down a guy at third base trying to stretch out a triple. So we're happy to have him. We're excited to continue to watch him throughout the rest of the series. And excited to see him when he go back up to IE and perform up there. Yep. In San Bernardino. San Bernardino. Nathan's, Nathan's favorite local city in Southern California. The best place around L.A. Great place, yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. Thanks, Nathan. There we go. Nathan just confirmed. Favorite place, San Bernardino. McDonald's started there, so just, Ooh. just everyone knows. Great. That's true. I also watched The Founder with Michael Keaton. Yeah, back to movie segments, apparently. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> Hate Michael Keaton in that movie. Scumbag. So good at playing a bad guy, though. Yeah, he is. Spider-Man, Founder. He just found his role. Yes. And moving along from movie talk. That (laughs) cut. (laughs) All righty. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with some trivia. You guys ready? Yeah. All righty. We're back here on the Owl's Nest. We're going to be doing some baseball trivia. It's going to be Quentin, Connor, and Nathan are the contestants. I will be reading these questions. You guys ready? You nervous? I'm ready. Connor said he's not I'm too so excited. Ready to lose. He's excited to lose. Nathan, how do you feel about this? I am also scared. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm feeling confident about this. I say, out of baseball trivia, out of the three of us, I think you know the most. So Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, so here's how it's going to work. We're going to do roughly first to five, and we'll adapt to how much time we have and really how bad we're doing. (laughs) Maybe we'll cut it down to first to three or something. But the way you buzz in, since this is audio format and we don't want to be smacking tables, is you buzz in by saying your name. Quentin. And I will use my best judgment call to give to whoever's first. So... I feel like I have a disadvantage here. You do I have, have a to disadvantage. also press a button and say my name. That's why you need to have your finger on the trigger ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I think you can lock it, can't you? <laughs> yeah, you can lock it. So this will be we'll hopefully we'll we won't do too bad on this. We'll see. Alrighty. We're ready? Born ready. Let's do this. Let me just pull up Google one second. <laughs> no. Oh dang it. Alrighty, so first question. Alright. So it's either a player or players for all these questions. So this player is the fourth. The others are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays with a career 300 average, 500 home runs, and 100 stolen bases. 300 average, 500 home runs, and 100 stolen bases? Could you repeat the names? Okay. So this is the fourth, pl- the fourth player. The others are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays, each with a career 300 average, 500 home runs, and 100 stolen bases. Quinton. I want to say it's Barry Bonds, but I don't think he has 300. So I'm going to say Lou Gehrig. No. Dang it. Can you give us a – is this recent or – This is old. This is an old guy? This is a current player. I will say that. Current as in like they are currently playing? They are currently still playing. Nathan. All right, Connor. I'm going to say – Adam Jones? Ooh. No. Quinton. No. Nathan, Nathan was next. Nathan. Dang Albert it. Pujols. Albert Pujols. Oh, I should have known it. that. Someone look up Barry Bonds. I thought look about up Barry that, Bonds. but I remember there was like an obscure question about Adam Jones that we saw on the yeah. MLB Network like earlier in the season. He's, he's got like 300 home runs. But Barry yeah, Bonds sure. has like 290-something. His is ridiculous, his average. So yeah. he should he should have been up there. 
He has a 298 average. Exactly. See, but Barry Bonds, I think he's the only one to have 400 home runs plus 400 stolen bases career, which is no one's even close. Yeah. So just a little disclaimer. This is also this question I'm getting are as of 2018. So, okay. but I think a lot of them will still be pretty accurate. All right. Next question. Who was the player? This player was the last to get 3,000 hits without winning a batting title. Quinton? Alrighty. Tony Gwynn? No. Dang it. It's a good guess, though. Without winning a batting title. Nathan? Derek Jeter? That is correct. Dang oh, it. Nathan. Good job. I was in the right era. On the board. Well, actually, he's leading, so. Yeah, he's got two now. The guy with the computer in front of him. So <laughs> weird. <laughs> Dang it. All righty. That was Derek Jeter. There's some of these interesting ones. All righty. Next question. This player, what player played in the most wins? Oh. Most, like, are we talking about total wins? Yes, total wins. Like, on his team, who played in the most wins? Total wins. It has to be a good team. I'm thinking Yankees. Didn't get a reaction out of Skyler like I wanted. <laughs> uh, Connor. Connor? I'm going to go Big Poppy. No. Dang it. Nathan. Ichiro? No. No, Ichiro played on some bad teams. Yeah. That's the problem. Like the Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> Quinton. Alex Rodriguez. No. Dang I it. thought of him too. That was my next guess. It's the old hit machine himself, Pete Rose. Oh, oh Pete played, Rose has played in the most wins. I remember, yeah, yeah. good old Pete Rose watching those games. Yeah, when he was yeah. with the Big Red Machine in the seventies. <laughs> oh, totally. Forty years before we were I born, basically. Going to, that, going to those ball games. <laughs> oh man, the old Cincinnati ballpark, as we called it. Gosh. <laughs> All righty, next question. Nathan currently has two. Connor and Quinn still looking to get on the board. Hey, I'm really close on all these. Alrighty, so. next question. This player hit 461 at home, but 286 on the road. Who is Nolan Arenado? Coors? You didn't say your name. So Quinton. Right, Who Quinton. is Nolan Arenado? False. No. <laughs> um, oh, man. Current or former player? Former. Connor. I'm going to say Chipper Jones? No. Oh, dang it. Nathan. Who is Manny Ramirez? No, someone near and dear to my heart. Who is Larry, Larry Walker? Did I get that before the buzzer? No, you already guessed once. Not... In oh. 1999 for the Rockies. That was... Coors! That was my real <laughs> guess. I just wanted to say Nolan Arenado because I knew I'd get a something out of Skyler. <laughs> We're on the right track, though. Yeah, I, def- I knew Rockies. it was Coors. All righty. Next question. Still 0-0-2. Still really hot in this booth. So hot. <laughs> Already. A little swampy, too. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let me look for my question here real quick. Okay. You better hurry or else it's Connor and I are going to keep talking about how hot and swampy <laughs> it is in here. Who was the first 40-year-old with a 100 RBI season? Oh, my gosh. 40 years old. 100 RBIs. So it's passed. Okay. Well, let someone else go first. I think I've gone first on all of these. And yeah, you have. You want to only get one thinking. answer, apparently? <laughs> 40-year-old, 100 RBIs. This is a former player. Connor. Ichiro? No. Dang it. I think Ichiro just turned like 42. Nathan. 
Cal Ripken? No. Okay. Gosh, I should have gone, gone older. We're than bad with you. our history. We're I might bad. have to start giving some hints on these. Okay, give me a hint. <laughs> on the next question. Okay, 40-year-old, 100 RBIs. Oh, my. Tony Gwynn. Dave Winfield for Toronto oh, in 1992. Get out of here. Yeah, I, there's no way. Last four-year-old with a 100 RBI season. Yeah, get to know. The more you know. Learning and growing. Congrats to him. <laughs> All right, let's see. All right. What player is the most recent to win consecutive MVP awards as of 2018? As of 2018? Yeah, when this was made. So who's oh. the last to win consecutive? Consecutive MVP awards? Consecutive MVPs. This is a current player. Not him. I can't say the team because that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Quinton. Albert Pujols? No. Dang it! Well, good luck, boys. Um, Nathan. We, oh, go ahead. Giancarlo Stanton? No. No, he only won one. Consecutive. Dude, I don't even know. Can we go AL or NL? It is the American League. Please don't be Mike Trout. Who is Mike Trout? Okay, good. I just want to. I got him. I got him. (laughs) Um, It's Miguel Cabrera. It's Miguel Cabrera. That was my second guess. Can I get half half a point? (laughs) We'll give Quinn just half a point. Thank you. How do you do half a tally? How can you even tell? I don't do a full one. Because I don't do a full one. It's more like a nub. <laughs> it's more of an apostrophe at this point. All right, so we got Quinn with half a point. Yes. <laughs> Nathan with two, and Connor still off the board. I told, you I, gonna, I told you I was going to lose. All righty. Next question. This is the only non-Yankee with 500 home runs and three championships. 500 home runs. Our Pujols only has two. So, sorry, Connor. That's not him. Uh, that's okay. He's on the Angels now. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. 500 home runs, three championships. This is going to be another one of those weird ones that I Connor. shouldn't. That we should. Ooh. I'm going to go David Ortiz again. Nope. Okay, hold on. I got to find my answer real quick. Oh, my goodness. It's David Ortiz. Dang Let's it. Let's go. On the board with a full point, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> David Ortiz. At least I have half a point. <laughs> Alrighty. Another score update. Quinn with half a point. Connor yes. with one. Nathan with two. So we're we going to three. Is that what you're saying? We might just be going to three. <laughs> we're going to three. The comeback is real. But Alrighty. I have to go to three and a half. Yeah, true. The next question. This player struck out in a record 37 consecutive games in a single season. Who is Chris Davis? Quinton. <laughs> Hold on. I got to get to the. No. Dang it. I... Ooh. The obvious was, choice. Yeah, I was gonna say that was my guess. Sorry, I meant Chris Davis with a C, not Chris Davis with a K. Still wrong. Both <laughs> wrong. This is a current player. Aaron Judge. You had your guess. I'm just still throwing Hush. stuff out there. I want another half point. You know what that <laughs> equals? One point, Connor. Oh, that's how much I have. <laughs> Nathan, I'm gonna say Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge. Can I get half a point? Nope. <laughs> This is my second guess. Can't be blurting out there, Quinn. <laughs> this whole one guess thing is really getting to me. <sighs> You're just blurting out the answers. I think I've given two of the answers so far. 
Alrighty, we might still be able to go to five. No, now. I gave the yeah. We'll see what happens. Okay, Nathan's at the halfway part. Alrighty, I just want to be Connor. Me too. All right. These are the two pitchers to have 300 more strikeouts than walks, not counting intentional walks, in a season. Two pitchers to have 300 more strikeouts than walks in a season. That means they have to have 300 strikeouts. Are any of them active? I'm looking up the answer. Move to there. (sighs) Neither of them are active. Golly, man. Both of them are lefties. What if I get one? Lefties? Can I get a point if I get one? Connor, you get half a point if you get one of them. Dang it. Who is Randy that, Johnson? Um, that is one of them. Mm, let's Nathan. go. Sandy Cove, Quinton. 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 I really don't. That's the only one I had in mind. Killing Quinton. Half a point. I'll take one and a half. Unless somebody can give me both of them. <laughs> the other one. What? Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Nathan. Oh, sorry. Nathan can go first. Mine didn't count. Nolan Ryan. No. Nolan Ryan was a righty. Uh, Sandy Koufax Sandy Koufax I'll give you both a full point Oh thank goodness I'm at one and a half now (laughs) Well you just get the full point Oh gosh dang it (laughs) You just made up for your lack of Hey, Let's all take a a moment of silence for the Dodgers fan Who didn't know Sandy Koufax Ouch Yeah so Sandy Koufax had 382 strikeouts Over 71 walks in 1965 Randy Johnson had 372 strikeouts over 71 walks in 2001. There you go. The comeback is real. Got one point. Crazy. All righty. Next question. Who was the Hall of Famer who hit into a record four triple plays? Hit into a record four triple plays. Is it a current player? (laughs) He's a Hall of Famer. So, yes. Uh, I believe he was an infielder. Slow. Oh, I swear I just saw this on Twitter. Like this season where it's like, you know, one of those on Might this have... date, this happened. Is he still alive? Oh gosh. I'm not We're sure. going back that far? No, I'm not sure. He might have passed away this year. Oh. I can't remember. If that's the case, I don't even I'm gonna let one of you guys do it. Oh man. Give us the league. <laughs> AL or NL? <laughs> I'm not sure. Skyler doesn't <laughs> even know who this is. Do you know the team? I know who he is. I think he played. Give with us the, the first Blue letter. Jays. Nathan. Oh, Nathan. Wait, can you keep going with the names of the teams? <laughs> I think he played with the Blue Jays. No, wait, no, that was Roberto Almar Jr. Oh, it's Jr. Keep giving us hints. Nathan. I'm going to go with Don Newcomb. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. No. Can't remember that. I have I no idea who I'm, I'm passed lost. away this Brooks Nicole? Robinson. Oh. Yeah. Brooks Robinson. Only person to be an MVP in both leagues. Played for the Reds and the Orioles, just so you know. There we go. More so you know. National League. And you could have said both. <laughs> you could have said either. <laughs> Alrighty. We'll just go a couple more questions here. One or two. We're pathetic. <laughs> More more ways than just not being able to name baseball trivia. We're pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so there's a lot of just stats in history in baseball. Alrighty. Um, I'm trying to get you more modern players that we can Thank find. Thank you. Thank goodness. I'm sorry I didn't start watching Alrighty. baseball until the 90s. That was Frank Robinson who I was thinking of. Okay. This player, although not in the Hall of Fame until 2017. Okay, so last year, two years ago. 
narrows it down. What year is that? Reached base more than Jeff Bagwell, Roberto Clemente, and Tony Gwynn, and had five seasons with at least 30 doubles and 70 stolen bases. Ty Cobb only had three. Quinton. Tim Raines. And the answer is Tim Raines. Hey. I got one and a half. Two. You got two two points now. Oh, my goodness. Nathan Salides with three. Connor and Quinn are tied at two. There you go. The comeback is real. Next question. Let's do this. This player won the most ERA titles. Won the most ERA titles. Won the most ERA titles. Can you tell us how many? I can't. You just don't know. That's what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's it's old. He's old. He's okay. So he's old. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Most ERA titles. Quinton, Walter Johnson. No. Dang it. Nathan. I can't remember his name, but something Matthews. Christy Matthews. No. And all the pressure is down on the Connor. Do, do, he do, is not do, a right-handed do, pitcher. Do. Oh, that helps. Do, it doesn't. Do, do, <laughs> We're going that old. Uh, Connor Burnlaw. I have no clue. Lefty Burn Grove. Law. Lefty Grove. Get out of here. <laughs> He's not a righty. <laughs> He's like not a righty. 1800s when everyone was named Lefty. He's not a righty meadow. Get out of here. <laughs> I like my answer, though. That's pretty good. All righty. Oh, where's there's a question I wanted to ask. I gotta scroll through my thing here. Alrighty. This player, this pitcher, had nine hundred and ninety-nine walks with three starts to go in his career and did not reach one thousand. He mean people he walked? Yeah. Wait, can you can you repeat that? So he had nine hundred and ninety-nine walks and with three games left in his career, he didn't walk anybody. Three starts left to go in his career. So he didn't walk anybody. So he ended his career with 999 walks. Do I know this guy? Issued. Yes. I've heard of him. He's a famous pitcher. Has Nathan heard of him? You should all know who he is. Goodness. You say that, and then I don't. And then I feel stupid. Hall of Famer. I believe so, yes. Come on, Alex. I need a better one than that. Mr. Trebek. Uh, Past couple years. Within the past? He was teammates with a... Hall of Fame pitcher that works for MLB Network. Okay, uh, Quinton, Greg Maddox. It's Greg Maddox. Oh, nice. That was a good one. Quinton gets three points. <laughs> Alrighty, we have to do one more. We'll do one more. Depending on how quickly we answer it, we might be able to get to that five. <laughs> get us a decently easy one. <laughs> I'm not doing that one. That's another one century. With a weird name. Turn of the, in 1800s baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Which shortstop that was also working at a steel mill <laughs> had the most hits? For the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> the they tra- were the bridegrooms back then? Okay. Oh, gosh. Get out of here. Who was the last person to enter September batting over 400? Quinton. Wade Boggs. No. Oh! Dang it. Nathan thought he had it. He Has was a, so close. Famous story on YouTube about him messing his pants at a restaurant. You can look it up on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wait. I know this. It wasn't Wade Boggs. What year this. was it? In 1980 was the year. He was hitting 407. Oh, I know who it is. 
Can I get, can I get a half a point? No. Nope. To win? Can I get half a point to win? I know we, who we it is. We have to let them answer first. I know who it is. Oh my god. Can they just concede? I'll concede. I'm li- I'm literally not going to guess. Concede, it. Nathan. You know you want to. I'm just going to give one more hint. 1980. Give me one more hint. AL team connected to pine tar. AL team. Oh come on. Yeah, no. I'm just done. say AL. Nathan concede. concedes. Yeah. Who is it, Quentin? Quentin, George Brett. It's George Brett. Nice. Comeback season. They said it wasn't possible, but the half points, they <laughs> half keep point. just stacking on half point after half point. All right. If at first you don't succeed, keep bugging the guy who's given the questions, <laughs> and maybe he'll give you half a point. <laughs> okay. So Quinn has his three and a half points. Connor with two and Nathan with three. Should we just do one more? See if Quinn can get that full one. Yes. Sure. I want four and a half. Alrighty. We'll see if we can get him. Alrighty. This player threw a no hitter with no walks and 17 strikeouts. He's what? still alive. Yes. Still he's playing. A current player. Wait, can you Quinton. Sorry. Quinton. Max Scherzer. It's Max Scherzer. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Hometown hero. That's not fair. <laughs> Alrighty. He only worships the ground he walks on. He doesn't everybody. <laughs> Better than Clayton Kershaw. Better than anybody. He's the best. Very debatable. Very debatable, but very wrong. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw is better. So, Max Scherzer. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Can we round that up to five? Yeah, no. Can we just give Quentin <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't know anybody. We'll give you a ribbon, Quentin. Thank you. I'm so bad with Best that. in town. <laughs> and there goes Quentin. He, Quentin wins. He got four. Thank you. Thank you. I got more than that, too. I gave. Yeah, I think I like, gave Nathan like one. In like my defense, I was thinking about Aaron Judge because I remember when he came up, all he could do was either hit home runs or strike out. Well, yeah. and you had like three half points, so you answered more yeah. the most. I think questions. I got like seven right, one of which Nathan got. I think Connor <laughs> maybe got one too. No, I didn't get any. You said Mike Trout, and I I went for it because I literally. Oh, didn't true. Know. I did try and yeah. mess you up with that one. That was that was my bad. But yeah, I mean so. that was. Honestly, my uh, I'd like to thank everyone who really trusted me. I'd like to thank uh, younger me for watching a lot of baseball and not doing his homework. Can we turn and, the air conditioning uh, back on? Yeah, I think we should turn the air conditioning back on because <laughs> Connor's restless. Alrighty. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of the Owl's Nest. Thank you so much for joining us. And definitely want to hear from you. DM, out, DM us on Twitter. And just let us know different questions or things that you want to hear us talk about on the show. And... Definitely let us know what you'd like to know to make the show better. And we'll definitely have some more interviews in the coming weeks. And we'll be back in seven short days. (laughs) 